The Song Confessional Podcast is a co-production of KUT, KUTX Studios, and Good Taste Society. Hey, this is Walker Lukens, and you are listening to... Let me explain to you what we do here at the Song Confessional. We gather anonymous stories. Well, we gather stories told to us anonymously from all over the country. We go to music festivals. Fuck, we've been to marketing conferences. Is that embarrassing? Should we talk about that on the confession? No, it's kind of weirdly tight. Yeah, so we go to marketing uh, marketing conventions and uh, other things. We have a permanent booth in Austin. We got a permanent one in Colorado. And uh, we collect all these anonymous stories, right? And we take our favorite ones and we give them to our favorite songwriters and bands who turn these stories into new original songs. On this podcast, you're going to hear that anonymous story. We call it The Confession. You're going to hear the song it inspired. And you're going to hear an interview with the songwriters who wrote it. I'm sitting here next to my favorite crooked doctor. What is your name? What's up, everybody? I'm Zach Catanzaro. And Zach... Who wrote our song today? We got Capiac, originally from our beautiful city of Austin, Texas. They are from Austin, Texas, but these guys have spent most of the last six or seven years all over. They were living in L.A. for a while. Now they're stationed in Europe. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about why they've moved around so much uh, later in our interview. But first, I kind of want to tell you how I heard about this band because it involves... Lots of people that we know. So uh, our old guitar player, Kyle, Mm -hmm. who was in uh, our band, uh, me and Zach's band, from 2013, so pre-Zach, until 2017, when he left the music industry. uh, (laughs) Okay, that's not true. He didn't leave the music industry. He quit the band. I was trying to soften the blow. Yeah, He just quit the fucking band. He quit the band. I literally recorded drums for his new project two months ago. There you go. It still stings. There's been uh, 17 people in the sidearms over the last decade, and it still stings. Um, No, but Kyle, Kyle, when he was in the band, he uh, was a door guy at Empire Control Room. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and he saw Kapiak. And so this must have been 2013, 2014, and he was like, damn, this band is awesome. Mm -hmm. And he suggested to our friend Anthony Erickson... Uh, man, you should manage these guys. I and this guy collective does all kinds of cool stuff. And, and yeah, and he's been managing them basically ever since. Yeah, yeah, it's been shit. Ten it, years? We're talking ten years. Yeah, uh, probably ten years. Oh are near God. are near ten years. But the funny thing to me is that every time I see Kyle and something about Capiac comes up, all he ever says is, "Where's my cut?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, that comes from you, Anthony. That's, yeah, that's you, big guy. So uh, the gauntlet has been thrown down here, Anthony Erickson of Eye in the Sky, who is very <laughs> available on the out. internet. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Vondero would like his cut for for uh, showing you Capiac. Walker, how would how would you describe Capiac's sound, or better yet, like what band, what what what's a band that everybody knows that you would kind of compare them to? When I listen to Capiac, I think often about uh, Anderson Pack mm. with no rapping. I mean, depends on the song. They they bring guest rappers on tracks regularly. You're right. That's actually how I know of them. Is uh, Rudy Davino who raps on a lot of their tracks. He and I used to be in a hip hop band together 15 years ago. 
I love uh, putting numbers to things like that. <laughs> what's a, what's a band that Capiac reminds you of? I would say in the same vein, and especially this song that we're about to listen to, um, and I mean this is the utmost of compliments, is it gives me outcast vibes. I would also add uh, this. They, they often make me think about Mac Miller. Yeah, definitely. It's like... Yeah, there's like moments that feel very R&B, then it gets funky, but then it's also really good songwriting and really great singing and very uh, emotional in a way that, you know, not all pop music is. That was a great description. Are you taking notes? This actually leads me nicely into my next point. Uh, Kapiak and Anthony Erickson, their manager, (laughs) it is very fucking hard to find a description of these guys on the internet. True. Uh, I actually clicked on their Wikipedia link on their Spotify page and it takes you to like the biological problems of lint or something like that. It was very, uh, pretty, pretty funny. Well, so I, I found one and it goes to a dead Facebook link and they describe themselves as, uh, LA based surrealist duo. That tracks. Yeah, I found an interview from 2017 that gave me the uh, most information I was able to learn about them. Did you learn anything new about these guys in this interview? Uh, I think the best little fact that I found is not surprising at all, is that they started playing together in high school in an improvisational jazz band. Yeah, that is zero, zero surprise there. No surprise, but it was like, I was like, oh yeah, that... That that confirms my suspicions. <laughs> they, they also uh, something that was pretty cool that I I l- always love seeing the blend of music and fashion. They they did a fashion show randomly uh, as the band because um, they fashion's a big part of their image and their brand, and they make some some of their own clothing. And um, this was it was a long time ago. I think it was like 2016, maybe 2015, even. Uh, I think I think you'll I think you'll feel the fashion. Yeah, through you the can. speakers. And also the jazz chops uh, on this song they they wrote for us called Earth Memory. But first, you got to hear this confession. And I do. I just want to say I don't think this is triggering. It could be. But it could be. It could be. I just want to say it is about a crooked doctor. Yeah, so if that could be, you know, a little alarming for you, just skip right over that. Song's still great. Yeah, and the confession's only a minute long. So here it is. Confession. Yes, and I am a uh, 46-year-old physician. I'm also a drug addict. I prescribe patients uh, opiates and other forms of narcotic medications, and uh, I would at times use those with those patients. Um, At one point, one of my patients was in the hospital for an overdose. As she was uh, coming out of her overdose and doing quite well, she had her heart monitors on, and she asked me to have sexual intercourse with her. And uh, so I obliged, began having sexual intercourse with her. Her heart rate went up, the monitors went off, and the nurses came barging into the room. Fortunately, I was able to dismount and rub up in time to sit there and look very concerned. And now here's Earth Memory by Kapiak. Bye. <laughs> 
So Zach, they they uh, wrote and recorded this song here in the room where we are right now at my studio, Paradise Lunch, and uh, you know it's it's a duo. Those are the two main members. There's Delwyn and Eric. So they're in here working, and they needed a drummer, and they had a drum machine track, but they wanted a drummer. So you came in here and you laid down a, a, basically what became a loop, mm-hmm. and then they replaced your loop with their the drummer that they work with all the time Mm -hmm. uh why as a musician why do you think they did that because because i had heard it with the loop and i was sort of grooving to it so why would they why would a band do that um i i would say i mean uh, several reasons but the first one just to be inclusive i mean if there's somebody that you've been working with for a long time and for some reason the timing didn't work out on a session and you have the ability to go back and bring them in. Why not? You know, mm-hmm. um, I was just literally called in as a last minute studio musician yeah. with 
no promises and no expectations. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, I hadn't even heard the song before I came in. Um, and it, the basic beat is still there, but it's like, I mean, it's so much more fuller now. They added a lot, bunch of really cool fills. I mean, I'm sure they just had so much more time to develop it, yeah. which that alone is valuable. I mean, we, we didn't spend more than an hour it was and a half. Probably less than an hour. Maybe less than an hour. Yeah. It was, it was a very quick thing to get some live drums on the track. So just to, just to build it out in the way that they envisioned, uh, and to be inclusive of the musicians they always work with, I, I think is plenty of good reason to go back and revisit. Yeah. It, it's interesting too, you know, nowadays we have the technology and it's cheap and available. You know, you can write songs and record them at the same time. Yeah. And there's no tape splicing and there's no, yeah. it's like, it's very easy to blend a sound that was recorded in a completely different place. It's just, yeah, it, it's just, especially the way they work too. I mean, they're, they're kind of Ableton gurus in their own right. Mm-hmm. So being able to take a sample or take a live track and bring it into something they've already done, I, they're, they're very skilled yeah. at that. When you listen to this song, do you, do you think about that fucked up confession that we just heard? Not at all. Yeah, I don't at all. No, no, not at all. They they took it in such a different place than that sixty seconds of that admission. But but I do like I I do feel like a a turmoil in it. And, you know, it's like three very different movements. There's a piano intro with no rhythm of any kind. Then there's what feels like you know a kind of a familiar song. And then there's this beautiful spacey jazzy outro that is feels like some sort of reckoning in a way or something almost like an afterlife or something like that i i sense in the way the song was written and arranged like there's a kind of frustration there mm-hmm. which which um uh you think you're going to a party and then it doesn't turn into a party really yeah that's a great way of describing i think great analogy and that's 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 definitely drugs it's a tease drugs are a tease yeah kind of (laughs) yeah it's a promise of something better that is like in the moment you probably like oh yeah this promise is uh fulfilled and then you know there's always something afterwards that (laughs) makes you feel a little weird especially especially uh people who have a a very noticeable addiction whether it's alcohol or weed or something else i mean you know i guess ostensibly you got into it because at some point it made you feel good mm-hmm. and relaxed, and then it's just not that at all anymore for you. And he recognizes that he has an addiction. I mean, he the doctor, he, the doctor, yeah. yeah, the confessor recognizes that. He he blatantly tells us that, mm-hmm. and then also tells us that he's an enabler. Mm-hmm. So he's enabling other addicts as well. It. I got to be honest with you. I have some trauma around doctors. As I was growing up, my dad was being poked and prodded and doing all these experimental cancer treatments. Uh, Watching that was, I think, more traumatic for me than it was. I mean, he continued to go through it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But wa- watching him go through it was really traumatic for me. I understand that completely. So it, hearing this, like, it's sort of, uh, re- it's just like more evidence for like, I don't know. You know, I think, I think I... And some little infantile part of my brain, it's like, I want to believe that doctors are infallible. Yeah. And then hearing this guy, and part of it is because the confession is so fucking short. Mm-hmm. But. But it's a real confession. And he's bad. He's really Dude, bad. He's I mean, it's real like, bad. Should doctors be infallible? Yeah. So should priests. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> yeah, we all know fuck. how that fucking goes. 
So it's uh, it's it's definitely yeah, it's cringy and it's triggering because it's one of those things mm-hmm. that confirms a fear that a lot of us have. Yeah. That I, I mean, I mean right. it's there's movies about crooked doctors. There's podcasts about crooked doctors. I mean, it's a it, it's similar to murder mystery. We we like fascinating and thinking about those kind of fucked up twisted things in society. The odds are very high that he was at Hotel Magdalena uh, on vacation, mm-hmm. at least having fun. Mm-hmm. He could Definitely. have been there for an event or for or to eat, but maybe on vacation. And and I could, obviously why he feels guilty is not hard to understand. But just thinking about this guy like having the means to go to a nice hotel because he's a doctor, and here he is telling us this shit. Yeah, that's unsettling. It is, and it's just it. It's just the something we get told over and over in American society and and society at large, even outside of America. It's just like it doesn't matter what position you have, it doesn't matter how much money you have, it doesn't matter how much on paper you should just be this good, respected person. It's like people are complex. Most of us are fucked up in one way or another. Not all of us are willing to admit it, and like. One thing that I will give him credit for is that he's willing to admit it. And that is like a weird step in some way. Yeah, it, it is nice that he can he can uh, talk about it in this interesting way. I mean, I wonder whether uh, it is also evidence of his extreme self-absorption, which is part of being an addict, no that doubt. he wants to have a song made out of it. That's the only pass I'm giving him is that he admits it. There's no, there's not a single other pass. It's yeah, it's, it's fucked up for sure. Drug problems in our society. Like I think that the, the, the reason we have so many drug problems in our society is that the substance aren't controlled. It's not the drugs themselves. Mm -hmm. Like there, I don't think that, that, that any, I think every drug can be done safely if it's, you can control the set and setting. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of evidence supporting that. Yeah, there is a lot of evidence. And so then here to see this fucking doctor who literally controls the substance Mm -hmm. being fucking crooked and awful. I like I hate it. There's every fucking reason to hate it. It's it's really gross. And when I was listening to this, I was like my brain was initially going to kind of my personal opinions and beliefs on drug use and drug sales and all those things and how, you know, the consequences are completely ineffective and like what kind of what what kind of action could even be taken but this guy's a fucking doctor and his he should truly have his medical license revoked. Yeah, I mean in our our in our medical system he is the gatekeeper to these drugs and so for the gatekeeper to be fucked up it's it's a real it it is that is the crux of what makes this so shitty. Yeah, especially when you think of like the talking points around fentanyl and how it's like Every, everybody loves to talk about all the illegal fentanyl, and the reason we have a fucking fentanyl problem in this country is because of prescription drugs, not because of illegal drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talk about prescription drugs and legal drugs, and uh, a lot more about this song, Earth Memory. Like, for example, why is it called Earth Memory? In my interview with Eric on next week's episode, aka part two of this Capiac episode. The Song Confessional Podcast is produced by myself, my brother in Christ, Walker Lukens, Rylan Kettery, Jim Eno, Aaron Blackerby, Adam Mason, Mike Lee, and brought to you by KUTX. That theme song you heard at the top was written and performed by me and Zach. 
Our friend Topaz McGarrickle, it was recorded and mixed by Adam Mason. If you enjoy this podcast, the very best thing you can do for us is send your favorite episode to somebody that you think might enjoy it. If you want to do anything else, give us a review, rate us, follow us, and be sure to listen to the next episode.